Hi, my name is Dylan Buckley and this is Uncommon. Uncommon is a production focused on the why of business, media, and marketing. It's made by my team at Neural, a digital agency for challenger brands and talent. To learn more, just visit neural.com. That's N-E-U-R-A-L-L-E.com. All right, my guest this week is Dylan Buckley, founder, producer, co-host of, no, host of Dylan Friends, co-host of List Cloggers. Uh, thanks for coming in. How did you come up with the name Producey? It's a funny story, actually. I went on, like anything, okay, I start businesses like the complete opposite way. Normally, you get the foundations, you get the business plan, you get all these things. My prerequisites for all the business I've created was the name first. Mm-hmm. Second thing is I go to Instagram, make sure I've got the handle. Yeah. Because I'm a big believer in having the hand. You've got to have the handle, like I, I think anyway. As, as the exact. As the exact thing, like just just the handle, bang, it's there. And I actually went on this name generator on like a .com and it was like a name and you put in like podcast, production, da-da-da-da-da, all this sort of stuff. And it came up and it like brings up like all these like business names. One was like, you know, producey production podcast, like all these names of businesses. And I was like, producey, that's sick. I want something like that, but that's definitely going to be taken. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I'll just check it. Um, I went on Instagram, the handle was there, and I was like, oh, fuck, this is sick. So I took the handle, and I was like, let me see if the .com's there. And I went on, I went producer.com, and it was like, contact GoDaddy if you want to buy this. And I was like, holy shit, I don't even know what this business is yet, but like, I like this, <laughs> and I need to just act on it. Like, very impulsive person. And I don't know if, like, if you've bought .coms before, but they're pretty expensive like when you go there, and especially at that time. Like I was like, oh, geez, I don't know if I can afford this. Or, if like, it, was it owned by someone it else? It was owned by like a business that buys names uh, and then yeah, they resell fuck. them. Um, what do we call them again, Jacob? They're like – Yeah. Well, they're like domain um, domain people, yeah. Like they're not sca- they're not scalpers, but they, they they just like sit on the asset. Yeah, yeah. Same thing's happening with I don't know if you know much about crypto, but like the dot ETH address. Yes. Oh, the ENS. Yeah, ENS is one of my mates actually bought Gary V with three E's dot ETH, and he thinks yeah. that he's sitting. He thinks that he's sitting, sitting on, on a gold mine. Yeah, yeah, but I'm like, he only has two E's. But no, yeah, yeah. Okay, there you go. Domain speculators. Yeah. So we did that anyway. End up brokeraging a fee and um, bought the website, had the business name, had everything, and I was like, all right, fuck, let's make a business. Yeah, right. And when, because the business, the the time that you articulated is September 2021 on LinkedIn. Was it before, like how how earlier was this? I like those dates. Um, it was a lot earlier, I suppose. Like going back, again, no linear sort of message here, or like a no linear story. Sorry, it was all just I had like honestly had no idea what I was doing, mm. and how it all came about was, and I'm sure we'll get through. You know, today was like with the podcast. I created this podcast, Dylan Friends, which was just like was just meant to be something to have and show radio stations. Hey, I can do this. Give me a job. You know, mm. when I finish footy, and. When like that started building and growing and all of a sudden I was doing it full time and I was like, what the, f- well, this is fucking weird. Like, how is this even a thing? And then it got to the stage where I was like, well, fuck, we've got so many freelancers working on this. Yeah. Like if we get a few more jobs, we can actually start getting some people full time and doing more shows. Yeah. So there was that really weird stage. Then I was like, well, that's super weird because then I can't call it Dylan Friends and do other shows. So I was like, I needed to create that umbrella to have other shows underneath it. Yeah. Um. So the idea... Yeah, like it actually worked like completely backwards and sort of came out of a necessity, not so much an idea to do it. It was more we needed an umbrella um, to operate under and everyone worked for a producer but then fed everything else we did. Yeah, I had the exact same thing as like it was the podcast and then it funneled into other stuff mm. basically. Um, yeah, we're going to we're gonna jump into that segue period because it's very interesting to see how it came about in hindsight. At the time, you were probably like, what the fuck? Like, what am I doing? Yeah. But- Still am, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> that's part of the fun of it. But yeah. sort of as humans where you try and connect, you know, patterns, so to speak, it's, it's intriguing to look at it back in hindsight and see, oh, yeah, it was, he was so going to do this. Mm. Um, but, you know, as a kid, did, what did you think you were going to do growing up? Oh, 300 game superstar, probably three flags, Brownlow medal. How old did this idea come into your head? It's probably my earliest memory, really. Like, I think that that's just what I thought was going to happen. Like, when I was probably, funny story, actually, and it's it's funny because now looking in hindsight, it makes a lot of sense, but I was never actually into footy at all as a kid. Didn't play, didn't do, like, any footy. Then when I got to primary school and my, my parents never even pushed me into it, 
all my mates were playing. And I was like, mum, dad, can I please go play with my friends? Mm. Can I go do this? And it wasn't until then that I actually really enjoyed it. And I, I sort of think, like, did I actually enjoy and play footy? Or did I just love being a part of, like, an gr- awesome group of mates that just played footy on the weekend? Um, and that was my earliest memory. And, and, you know, from there it sort of, um, you know, it got um, bigger and more serious and ended up playing a little bit of AFL footy. But it was, yeah, an incredible time and loved playing it. But I think I actually just loved being a part of it and hanging out with your mates every yeah. day. So, like, what was your earliest conception that, you know, with because as you get older, you realize things like you're you're the son of someone who had played more than a hundred games. So that almost gives you a pathway to a club. Yeah. When was it that like you realize your dad was someone who was important at that club, or had had been in the past? Yeah. And and that okay, this is maybe something that I actually can do. For sure. Um, I reckon I knew, you know, as a kid, but you sort of think every, like that's just normal. You think that like everyone's dad <laughs> just plays footy and that's yeah. just what it is. I suppose it got a little bit more serious when I started getting around that like 14, 15 years of age when like the rep team start coming and everyone knows okay. who dad is and yeah. he's going. But um, yeah, I think like when I started doing that and, and in terms of like at, a, at an age, like I knew that I was going to get drafted by Carlton when I was like 16. Really? So I still had two more years at school knowing you're going to get playing AFL. How did you know they had said that? Yeah, well, back then there was a time pre-draft, if you're a footy nuff, you'd you'd know that when the Giants came in, they used to sign up 17-year-olds, so 16-year-olds turning 17 that were born in the first half of the year, and that was sort of something that was in my age, and a lot of guys were getting picked up, guys like Adam Trelaw, Dylan Shield, um, you know, guys like this were getting picked up to the Giants, and I was in that group. So Carlton had said, look, we'll commit to you if you stay out out of that. Um, uh, so you didn't go into the underage draft? No, no. So I held out, went to school. Um, but in hindsight, and I'm sure we'll get to this, it's a common trend in my life, like it was the worst, best thing that ever happened to me yeah. because obviously it was awesome like to have that guarantee of like playing footy. But from there, I think I just turned into like the laziest person for that period and, and sort of transgressed into like my, you know, 20, like 18 to 23, four years old. Cause I just thought things were just that easy. Like I was like, fucking hell, I'm 16, going to get drafted. Didn't even have to like try that hard. Yeah. Just got this, you know, kissed on the, uh, you know, on the wheelie. And now I'm playing, playing league footy. Like how easy is this? Life's, life's a piece of piss. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that always intrigued me about that. I mean, when you look at it in hindsight, now that you're a retired player, what was the thing that you liked and loathed? What was the best and worst thing about being a professional AFL player? 90% of it is absolutely incredible. Like you're literally getting paid to be fit. I think that's what we, we forget. You're getting paid to just work out and have fun with your mates every day, which is incredible. But in saying that, it is an extremely stressful environment. Um, you do you live in this bubble when you're playing footy where you think thing because the, the stress of a real uh, uh, this job it's like your livelihood, it's who you are. It, it, it's so like, um, you know, con- ever consuming that you just, you are just, you live and breathe footy and you're just there and you think that everything in that place is so important and everyone's so on edge all the time because it's mm. just like so high performance. And it's not until you leave and you think, Jesus Christ, why did I care so much? Like, you know, it's really not that, you know, I was stressing on Mondays going in going, fucking hell, I didn't corral someone to the boundary on the weekend, like fl- flipping out about it when now like, that's not even that's not even on the list of my worries. Like I have real things now that I'm trying to do. Like that's yeah, not yeah, even yeah. anything that's a problem. So I think that's was a part I really struggled with. Like was just how like intense it was and how much. Like I loved playing footy, but I didn't love it to the degree that I cared that much. And um, when you play footy, and especially when you're young, what I really struggled was was like defining myself on games. So like if I played a good game, I was like the best bloke ever. And I was like, yeah, I'm the best, like, you know, best friend, best son, best, you know, boyfriend and just a good guy. But if I was playing shit footy, I was like, no, I'm the worst bloke ever. Like, I'm just Mm. an absolute fraud. You know, what's wrong with me? So it took me a long time to realize, you know, just separating that person from the persona, like Dylan Buckley, the footballer versus Dylan Buckley, the person. Mm. And that's how I started to judge myself. Yeah, it is. It's, it is bizarre, isn't it? It's so unusual. So weird. Like it's, it still fascinates me. Like I, I, I wouldn't say I'm enough, but like I think growing up in my family, I mean, uh, where where my grandpa immigrated to in Australia, it was basically like you go to St Kilda or Carlton. He was Greek, and been to St Kilda, barrack for St Kilda, and just 
you know, I grew up in a family who were just absolutely obsessed with footy. Like that was their out. they go for? St. Kilda. St. Kilda. So like so their- A lot of heartbreak for them. A lot of heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> Basically their whole life was to work and run their businesses. Everyone had their own business and things like going to the footy was like an outlet. Um, but I don't know, during COVID, it, maybe even a few years before, I started to realize like it, it's, it's a bunch of guys on a field chasing a leather ball. Sometimes it's hard to realize that this is not like extremely important, mm. particularly when you're in the the industry, when you're in the media side of things. I can just see how it would envelop everything about you. It's, it's funny because I actually feel now I thought that when I was playing, <clears throat> but now that I've left, I actually have this newfound love—not personally love for the game, but I have this love for what it does for people. Yeah, and I think. You know, there's so many times where you'd get abused by supporters or, you know, they'd be upset and you think, mate, why the fuck do you care this much? You know, like I'm trying my hardest. Can't you see that? Yeah. And they would be so enraged. But then you see how much it means to people and, you know, bloodlines and family members. You know, my grandfather came here and I go for this club, now I go for this club and all this history behind it. And you go, oh, my God, this is important. Yeah. This is important <clears throat> because, like, you, you, you really see how much, you know, the fans and the supporters, which – they're, that's what the game's built on. How much yeah. they love it, and you go, "Fuck!" I actually, I wish I knew this earlier because I would have, it would have been a bit different for me. Like I would have understood a bit more. Yeah, I think um, some people believe it's entertainment, but it, for me, actually, I think it's more for a lot of people escapism. Yeah, like it's a form of escapism to impart your personality, and I don't know. Like I can see it in the way, just in the way that my uncles and my dad talk about St Kilda. Like, oh, we're just so unlucky, and like how their mood can be enhanced or changed by how the club is doing. Mm. But I'm just like in my head, rationally, you have no impact on this. But for them, it's a way of escaping just day-to-day life, like the, the, the trials and tribulations of just being a human, you know? Yeah. No, it's beautiful. I, I really like it now. Like I go to the games and like I see supporters since and that's still so beautiful to me and I'm just like, mate, good on like I'm with you now. I'm just a fan, you know? I get it. I want I want Carlton to be good. I hate it when they're shit. Yeah. What's the what's your favorite sort of uh nuffy um thing like let's <laughs> think about like what anyone a nuffy, you know <laughs> that Jordan. Think about like what Josh Garlop does with a lot of his content, like kick it forward. Yeah. Um well <laughs> funnily enough, I, I I never used to get a lot of like hate from like you know supporters but one thing I would get was because like I was never the most talented player but I did try my hardest and I think people respected that but one thing that people hated that I did um you know and it really nearly did stop me from doing this was I wasn't playing every week but I would do a show called discussions with Dylan that's probably where like this whole thing media thing started for me yeah but people would always be like go get a kick you know you fucking shit just focus on footy and I was like I can't fucking train 24 hours a day you know like it's actually not possible like physically I just break down but weren't you injured for a lot of that period no like I was on and off but like geez I got out there enough to try and have an impact but I was injured a lot and I think that's still a funny one though. Like that was a big thing for me that I was so stressed about was like, I can't do this. I can't be trying to joke around because people think I'm not taking it seriously. And that's, that's still to this day really hard for me because I didn't have like great relationships with senior coaches. Like I respected them and, and stuff. I really learned a lot from them, but they, I think always felt that I was taking the piss all the time. Mm. I was like, I can't be serious all the time. That's not my nature. That doesn't mean that I don't care. Mm. It's just like I, I needed to chill out. So I, f- I suppose those shows for me were a bit of escapism myself to like do something different and not just be, you know, stiff all the time. That's another thing as well is like, <laughs> I don't know if you ever visited Big Footy. I, no, no, I haven't. Probably best you Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I, I haven't. I, res- I love it, but I, yeah, if unless I was feeling really good about myself and needed to bring myself down a little bit, I would go visit a few old threads for sure. Back, back in the day when I was like 21, 22, I'd, I'd go on Bigfoot. But oh God. Okay. the thing for me when you mention injuries is, and what I've always been intrigued by is one, that people get so upset, like what you said before about focusing on getting a kick or whatever it is. And in your case, like there was injuries, yes. Some people are more injury prone than others. They have bad injuries, like recurring injuries, particularly people who have like recurring knees or shoulders and stuff like that. How much do you think that is just bad luck for the player or it's just primarily the way that they play the game or run 
or mm. something related to their physiology and and unfortunately they're just being their bodies being found out in that sort of high pressure high octane system yeah look I think if I knew that I'd be paid a lot of money to be working at a at a medical facility or a club. But I think there's so many there's there's no one answer. There's so many different ones. Like obviously guys and girls are um all built differently. Some people are more prone to injuries than others. Um I found for me, like once you have an injury, if you don't get on top of it early, it always gets worse. But not only does it get worse, it throws out other parts of your body. So like what do you mean by getting on top of it though? Like just like rehabbing it. Like if you keep playing through it and you don't do the correct rehab and strengthen up around. Because like you think about it like this. Like I had a really bad back, like my whole career, my lower back, and it's still something that sort of I deal with today. But from that, because your body's out of whack, I'd put a lot of pressure um on my left side of my body. So then I'd twist I really badly broke my ankle, like on my left side of my ankle. And when I'd run on that, I, I, I have really bad range in it. So I couldn't do like full calf raises to strengthen up that side of my body. So then I'd run more on the right side of my body. Then I started tearing all the calves on the right side of my oh body. My and because I was tearing the calves on the right side of my body, and then you overcompensate and run on So then I hurt my left knee. And then my back. So it's just like things are so, our body is so aligned. Yeah. And. That's why it's like those lower leg injuries, like I found, you know, if I could go back now, one thing I would have done was just try and get my alignment better and like really rehab and get some really good like structure in, in my body because I just didn't realize at a young age what I was doing. Well, because it goes to show that like, yeah, technique can often define the injuries you have. Yeah. Well, like the repercussions. like that he did um something years ago where he kept tearing hamstrings. He was so quick. So he had to learn how to run again and not overstride. So there's, there's so many little bits and pieces that are there for players, but you know some players are just unlucky. Some some aren't. The one thing I hated the most about my injuries were I was fine if I did my shoulder or something like that because it's it's like that's just bad luck and that's an impact injury. But the ones where you're doing hamstrings and calves, like that's when you really lose confidence because you don't yeah. know what's happening. You're like yeah, yeah. I'm. I just don't know now. Like. If I'm going to sprint, am I going to just tear my hammy? Yeah. You know, like if and I strengthen weighs, up my shoulder, I'll be okay. And it weighs on your mind. Yeah. yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, fuck, that would that would really piss you off as yeah. well. Yeah, the, the muscle injuries are the worst. I, I think calf injuries are so underrated. It's not funny. So this transition, um, you was probably a red here. So obviously you had the show that you were doing, um, discussions with Dill mm. beforehand at Carlton. It's 2019. No, sorry, it's 2018. You're at GWS, you're interning once a week on the rush hour. Yep. Um, obviously, I think by then Dylan Friends had just launched with an interview with Josh Kelly. I think it was the first one. Yeah. You'd done 25 eps roughly of Dylan uh, discussions with Dylan. When, I guess, did you realize that this is probably the right time to really get into your post-football career identity? Mm. And second to that, why was like media and why why was your persona attracted to that? Do you think like talking? Yeah. So uh, look, there's. A, I'll probably have to go back to explain it, but like basically, I was always had one on the future. Like I was always like really set up, uh, really keen on setting myself up. Going, I didn't want my career to define me. I was always keen on doing it. Like my dad played, you know, three flags and won you know, incredible medals and had an incredible career, but probably really struggled to set himself up after footy because it is hard to do. Um, and his message for me was like, you know, you got to get your shit together. you got to do something. So I didn't work out what I wanted to do. I didn't work out that I wanted to go to the media, but I worked out what mm. I didn't want to do. And okay. I went and did like, you know, real estate. I went and did property development. I went and did teaching degree. Like I did three, tried three different unis, failed all of them. Big hex debt um, that I never even, you know, went to. And <laughs> it sort of was a process of elimination. And I think like I left Carlton. And I was like, fucking hell, you you idiot. Like, I wasn't upset that I didn't get the most out of myself playing footy. I was upset that I didn't work hard enough off-field to transition better. Mm. And I didn't, you know, there was no guarantee. I was going to the Giants. I ended up going there, um, you know, 30 days later. And I remember that time, just like such a pivotal, pivotal moment in my life, just being like, if you want to do something, like, you have to fucking do it yourself. Like, stop relying on people. Grow the fuck up. And, and do something. And I said, like, if I get another chance, I'm going to go and I'm going to set myself up and I'm going to be in a better place, ready to go 
at the end because no matter what happens with your career, if you play 10, 15 years, like you're still going to have to do something next. And the mm. same as what I'm doing now. I've always got side shit on the go. I even just launched one and I'm still thinking about like what I'm doing after. Um, and yeah, I got there. And I was like, all right, let's fucking go. So as much as I want to play footy, I'm going to set up this podcast, start interviewing people. And, you know, the idea was to get into radio because I couldn't get a job on radio. It was really hard. I was like, I'm going to use this. There's no like course I can do. I'm playing full-time sport. So I'll start the pod and just have that as a thing, you know, to get in. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, basically that was like the main sort of story of it. But um, it was definitely like, when, when did I realize it was a thing? Like I didn't really. I didn't really realize it was a thing till it had to be. And okay. I think that's like like a message in like all this today. Like a lot of this stuff and maybe if someone saw the story, they go, geez, that was smart by him. He did this podcast. How cool. It wasn't like an idea. It literally came out of fear. It came out of like, I literally had nothing else. And I was like, you need to do something. And if you don't, you don't have you don't anything. Really. So like it was built out of, it was, it was built out of like literally just being so scared to transition and not have anything. Mm. Yeah. It's like I said, you, you look at it in hindsight, it's like, oh yeah, he fucking had his shit together. But maybe the lesson is that you gravitate you gravitate towards things that you like and the process of elimination in hindsight was the good thing. I also think the beauty, like the lesson for me is that good things come under stress and good things come under tough times. And I think that like, it's not what happens, it's how we react to it. Yeah. And that's like probably the biggest thing I've learned in my life. Like all this shit happens and Every sort of thing that I look at now and think, fucking hell, that was stressful. I look at it now, I'm like, that was the best thing that ever happened. Hmm. Like, imagine if I had have had a 10-year career and still playing now. Do you reckon I'd be set up for doing a business and pushing myself as hard as I would? I don't think I would. Yeah. Um, so I really get excited by stress. Hmm. And I think that, like, there's a beauty of it. Um, there's a real beauty of what, you know, what you do when you don't have a choice. So, um, yeah, and I'm, and I'm not dramatizing that, you know, saying obviously I had, you know, people to help me and stuff, but there was a time where like, you know, I don't come from yeah. a lot of money, so I didn't have a house to go back and live with. Like I had a movie, I would have had to sell my house. Like I would have, it would have been existential. It would have been hard to, to do. Like it's not life or death, but it would have been really hard. When is stress too much? When has been stress too much? <sighs> So many times, so <laughs> most of those times, but I think we we are so good at that fight or flight, and I think that's sometimes it's it's like I, I put it, you know, if anyone listens and um, I relate it to maybe this situation in footy, for example, if your team buffers around that like twelfth to fourteenth. Nothing changes because you, you don't, you're not forced to change. Mm. But if you bottom out and you're like at the bottom of the ladder and you're like, fucking hell, we suck. Like we need to do something. Forces change because you, you, you're like, I need to do something. Like yeah, let's, yeah. Let's, let's get some action. So I think that's why it's really important to have those moments like of like, you know, 2D listings. I, you know, I got sacked twice. I had to move into state. Just, you know, I was on a rookie wage living in Sydney, which by the way is not easy um, in the most expensive, like in a, Really expensive um, part of town. Do um, you live west, south, or east? I, I lived in uh, the east, but we would go to and from. So, yeah, that, yeah. believe it or not, that was actually the cheapest part to live. It's just really? expensive. Yeah, ever. I didn't live out in um, Parramatta, but um, I literally wouldn't have seen one person if I did. So, it probably would have been <laughs> worse for me um, doing that. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then you know, like even leaving an AFL career and trying to moved back to Melbourne, moved back in with, um, you know, my, my now wife and her family for a while just to get back on our feet and, and build again. It was cool. And you were like, uh, when things had finished up with GWS, yeah, I guess that's the intriguing sorry, part. Just to say on that, I, I, I hate trying to say that I'm like this hero or anything. I'm definitely not. It was all relative to me. Like, I, you know, I know people go through a lot worse, um, you know, moments and crucible moments in their life, but that's it, relatively to my journey, that was really tough. Yeah, everyone has relative moments of stress. I, yeah. I think it's it's really hard to compare yourself to others because yeah. everyone has a everyone's got a different life, and you know, saying that's stressful for me is not going to be maybe as stressful for my dad, but that's an unfair comparison. For sure, for me, 
and for him because the only thing you can really do is compare yourself like to yourself well, did you improve you know. that's all 1%. you know so yeah i always just get worried when people hear this too i'm like you know that was really stressful for me and i did I was really struggling at that stage, but I know if you're listening to this and you've been through a lot worse, that would be nothing. Yeah, that is definitely, you're right. That's the default for people to do is to compare themselves to you and your stresses and go, oh, I'm not near where he is right now. But I think the thing you take away from it is like you had those issues too and therefore they will have those issues. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And they've got a, you know, so long, the, the biggest thing I think about is like so long as you're improving each day by 1%, Everything's gravy. 100%. Um, it's hard to convince your brain of that, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess your content career begins in 2019. So part-time producer role at 3AW. Yep. Um, there's a range of shows there. Tom Elliott, Rex Hunt's Footy Nightline, yep. Dee Dee Dunleavy. You're obviously doing Dylan Friend still. Yep. I believe List Cloggers started in that year. I may be wrong. Yep. Um, That's right. Not long after that, I think, I, I wish I wrote down the fucking dates, but there's co-hosting teams on 10, loose balls at the West Australian, and you were doing stuff already with AFL Media. Yeah. Maybe it was happening a year after I was that. saying, I was just like a yes man for that time. Yeah. I was just, just do like, it all. I was just like, have a crack, go for it, do what you, you know, just, just go and say yes to everything and worry about it later sort of thing. And I think even from a career point of view and something I always tell, you know, if anyone's ever looking for advice and whatnot, I just say that, just say yes to everything and work it out later. And a lot of these things that I was doing, like at that stage, I was not earning any money off podcasting. I was like, you know, sorry, I was selling merchandise. Like that was what it was. But in terms of advertising and stuff, we weren't making any money. Um, I was working at 3W on uh, part-time and all the other stuff, I was just doing it for experience. Like it was just really just trying to learn and, and, and experience. So I think that that was like the best thing I ever did was just like go because sometimes like when your exchange of things when you're not ready is actually the worst thing you can do because mm. there's then then comes the expectation then comes the we paid you for this you need to do this it's like well, I was just rocking up and doing it and it was just like yeah right I'm just learning sort of thing it was really good I look back now and I was like that was actually really smart because the stress wasn't there because I was just trying I was like you're not paying me so I'm just going to try and learn so do you th- like when you look back at it in hindsight and Think about the starting point of Dylan, the businessman, at mid-2021. What were the sort of core principles you think you developed in media back then? Is there anything that stands out in particular? What do you mean core principles, just to clarify that? Like how you approach media and storytelling and interviews and all that sort yeah. of good stuff. Um, I think with interviewing and like the storytelling and stuff, Honestly, I just treat it as like a conversation with people. Like I've always been super inquisitive of like how people have got to where they are and what they do. And I think for me, because my life hasn't been linear, like there has been ups and downs. So I've been like, how did you get through that? And like just, you know, more just going, how the fuck did you do that? Because I want to do it sort of Mm -hmm. thing. And I want to relate it back to my life and my journey and what I'm doing. So honestly, like I, I say this quite a lot. But like Dylan Friends, as much as that's turned into like the best thing that's ever happened to me and we have like the most incredible community and people that like love it and I love them and it's unbelievable. I started it and like when I do it and hopefully it does it for other people too, I'm asking these questions because I fucking don't know. Like I want to learn this shit. Like I want to learn this stuff off these incredible people that I get to sit down with. And and that's why I think the people um, that listen to the show like it too because we're just sitting down and we're just too – like we're just people that want to like learn. Um, And I love that that side of things so i think yeah i think the best thing i did learn was not learn if that makes sense like not learn how to i never went and learned how to interview someone it's almost like you just utilize your what you were saying before about like how um coaches or i don't know maybe staff were annoyed that you weren't taking things seriously but that sort of attitude was something that allowed you to get inquisitive naturally yeah i think Probably on the serious side of things, like because it did with the um with like the podcast, because I wasn't doing it there like for money. It was more just like this is content, this is fun. This this I was still at that time thinking this is has a timeline, and then after this I'll get a show on TV or I'll get that go on radio. Like that was still in my mind. Mm. Um, and then it's not till probably you know six to twelve months later where I was like, 
shit, this could actually fucking be a thing. Like this could, you know, podcasting, like how did I fall here? This could actually be a business. Yeah, right. Did you ever have a moment during that crossover period as well where you felt like you were probably bored with footy and that this was way more Oh, definitely. That whole last year I was like, I knew what was going to happen and that wasn't like the scariest part for me in the whole thing when I finished footy was like the 1% chance, not even 1%, there was a 2% chance that maybe they would have kept me on again. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know to this day the question if I would have been strong enough to say no, but I was just uh, I, like when they finally said, we're not going to put you on, I was just like, thank fuck. Because <laughs> I don't know if I could have said no to that opportunity because it, it is incredible and it's, you know, your life or dream and it's guaranteed money but i think as before that that what we're saying around that um stress builds so much cool shit when i got that ridden like got rid of that career i was like all right fucking do something because i'm Mm. i'm ready to go but funny story actually i don't think i ever really told it was i got injured when i was playing footy in that last season and i was sort of gonna have like eight weeks off and might have got back for the last couple games so i was like i'm not stupid i knew what was gonna happen like i was gonna end yeah and i actually went to and when I talk about stress, like, you know, we talk about like a lot with like Gary Vee and stuff, who I love, but and he always goes like, you don't even enjoy your job, just fucking quit and do something else. And it's like, that's awesome. I actually love that message, but sometimes it's not that easy. Like there's other no. things, you know, like people have jobs, there's, you know, you got to pay for shit, mortgages. mortgages, all that stuff. So what I did was I was like, all right, if I'm going to finish and this thing's going to finish in 10 weeks and I know when my last paycheck is, I'm going to go and audit my life and get like the PDM who at that time was Dylan Addison, who still is, who's like the best PDM of all time, play development manager at the Giants. And I was like, audit me. Like, what do I need to get ready for for next year? Like, I went back, we looked through everything. I was like, all right, fucking don't need that subscription anymore. I'm going to pay off my car now so I don't have any like loans like later in the year. Yeah, right. Um, I'm going to organize like a truck for this time to go home because I know that, like, you know, I can move back in with my missus' parents. Um, this is when the lease is up. Like, I was just organizing everything to, like, have the sm- the smoothest sort of, like, time because then otherwise it would have got to the end of my career and I'd be stressing the fuck out, like, um, whatever. So I just got to enjoy the last month and just be like, I know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And I'd already lined up the job with 3AW being like, all right, when I finish, this is going to happen. And so, like, that that transition was actually organized, like, ready to go. By the time I'd left the game, yeah, um, which is why back to the stress thing. Which again, I was like, that stress made me do that because I was like, let's learn from last time and not be like going, all right, what next? Also perfect as well. <laughs> we think about it being injured because you got nothing. Oh, I was, wasn't do doing anything else. Yeah. Rehab. Yeah, that's fucking wild. So I was just meeting with people. Like last ten weeks, I was just on the phone back to Melbourne, like chatting with Triple M, chatting with 3W, going like, oh, can you give me a job here? Can you give me a job here? And, and 3W were the ones that, you know, thankfully gave me um, a role as a producer. And was there anything that you – because it sort of sounds like, yes, he, he gave you the order, the player manager, player development manager. And these guys are always in charge of, like, making sure that your out-of-football life is sorted, right? They are. And I suppose that's a – you know, we could talk about a podcast in itself because I have strong belief in that, you know, you are the – as of, you know, you are the, um, you're in control of your own destiny and you've got to be on top of that yourself um, because they can't do everything for you. And to be honest, when we went through it, it was more just going, yeah, 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 or maybe look at this, look at this sort of thing. So, so there was, it sounds like there was nothing that really like alarm, bowl, alarm bells are going off. Not really. Like I, because I'd had four one-year deals. Every year I was like, <laughs> I know this is like, this could be now. So it was sort of like, Four years of just like really working it out along yeah, the way, yeah. which was cool. Smart move to pay off the car at the time. Well, funnily enough, uh, I wouldn't have been able to pay off the car, but I got hail damage in Sydney. So the car, I remember like in the street, you know what Sydney weather's like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. In the street, I remember like going out and everyone's covering their cars. I'm like, fucking come on, like <laughs> just smash it, like smash my car. So then I, yeah, got, got um, ridden off from hail damage. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. How <laughs> yeah. So how bad? It was like the, it, my car, by the way, to give context, it was like a 2005 Holden Commodore and it had 270,000 Ks oh, and, it, and it, I'd had like a three grand bill owing on it. So I was like, you know, this is, please just die. So was the hail that bad? Oh, mate, they were like, like this. Like, they were like golf balls. I Absolutely can't. smashed it. I don't remember that. Yeah. What year was that? Oh, that would have been 2018, 2019. Fuck. All right. Yeah, so I didn't have a car. 
It's funny cool. now with the hail damage stuff. Like, how, I don't know if you get those text messages, but your insurer will like message you and say, "Hey, be careful." Oh, yeah. uh, to say like there's there's hail coming forecast or whatever. Yeah. Um, if I had had that, I would have yeah, I would have just would yeah, have done anything anyway. Been, would have yeah. been like would have probably moved it more central if anything else. Yeah. Um, just on that quickly before we get into producing, what was the best thing about coming back to Melbourne after being in Sydney? Mm. I honestly really struggled coming back to Melbourne. I loved Sydney. I didn't want to come back. I didn't want to come back at all, but I knew that I. I had to because that was where the currency was, I suppose, in terms of like mm. if I wanted to keep doing what I was doing, that was where I had more currency here than I did in Sydney. And only literally I'm going to say maybe to like three weeks ago, have I fallen back in love with Melbourne and I love really? it here. Yeah. Like yeah. I just had this, kept having this thing being like, oh, I want to go to Sydney, I want to go to the beaches. And I think just because I had such a good time up there. I loved it. And we went back in March and it was just raining the whole time. And I came back to Melbourne and I was like, you know what? I really love it here. Yeah. I love Melbourne. I, I had this period during COVID where I was like adamant that at some point in the next two years, we were probably going to move to Sydney. Mm. I just, I don't know, the whole mood in Melbourne had been so soured because of what was going on that every time I went up there and like the, the, ment- the mental... Everyone's mental health was completely different. In I think we're, we're coming out of it. Now. Oh, we fucking coming out. I think out we're of like still. We're, we're, I think that we're getting better, but I yeah. think that we've actually had the best year out of anyone at the moment. Like, if you look at our weather, has been absolutely incredible. Um, and unfortunately, like you look at our east coast, like like our poor Queensland has just been absolutely thrashed. And it's something that without have lived in. If you haven't lived in um, like the east coast of Australia before. I don't think a lot of Victorians understand how dangerous and how heavy the rainfall can get. Mm. And like, you, yeah, like fucking hell. Like yeah, your, your thoughts and prayers go out to everyone that's lived up in you know, Queensland. Sydney's been on New South Wales being bad. Um, yeah, New South Wales. My in-laws have moved up to Port Douglas and um, the whole time in that sort of northern part of Queensland, it's been torrential rain. Like it's been wild. Yeah. And it's like, do you know how many businesses are built on the sun? And like sun and tourism, sun and tourism, it's just been like really, um, yeah, it's been really unfortunate for everyone. So I think you know, in the, at the end of the day, everything sort of equals out. Like there's, you can't, you know, there's people that were like, all right, Melbourne's locked down, I'm gonna go to Sydney. Sydney's locked down, I'm gonna go over here. You're trying to escape it, like, <laughs> you know, just do what you can do. Are you a northern, eastern, southern, western suburbs boy? Oh God, I'm gonna have to say I'm an eastern suburbs boy. Okay. Yeah, I am. Um, actually, I'm a northern suburbs long term. I think that's what we, my, me and my wife have come to. We're like long term. Would love to have a nice house in like um, you know Palm Beach or something down in in Sydney. Um, Newport is just this place that we are just in love with. There's another another place there called Clareville, which is just beautiful. We'd love Clareville. to retire there one day. Yeah, right. But um, yeah, I love Sydney. I, I do love Sydney. I love the east. I love Paddington. I love Surrey Hills. I love Bronte. I love Tamarama. I love, you know, just everything. Like it's, it's a, I, I think we travel a lot. We go to like, you know, everywhere around the world in Europe, which, is, you know, is an incredible place. But if you, if you can go to Sydney and just get a good week there and someone take, let someone take you around, I think it's the most beautiful place in the world. Yeah, I agree. It's funny how like a lot of people, we were just talking about traveling earlier, going over to Europe, but then, just the creature comforts we have here in Australia. Mm. So, we're, I'm, it's so expensive to travel here as well. Like you can go yeah. to Europe for the same price. Like if you got a WA as well, WA is one of the most beautiful places in the world if you've never been up like north before. It is crazy. I used to go to Port Hedland with a mate and like, you know, I'm sort of Melbourne city boy and you'd go out on a, a boat and you see a whale and you're like, oh my God, a whale. And then like you see another 15 and you're like, what the hell? Like, there's so many whales. Then by the end of it, you're like, can these whales just like go away? Like, there's that many. It's like beautiful. <laughs> Port Hedland, I've never been. I've been to Broome, but uh, I think that's a bit further north, right? A little bit further north, yeah. 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 So, producing. Actually, no, I think Broome's further north. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Broome, Broome. Broom. Yeah. It's further north than yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. Hedland. Um, so, the agency officially starts September 2021. Agency. Oh, producing? Producing. Yeah, but I, I don't even know what we call it, to be honest. I don't know if it is an agency, whatever Yeah, you're going through the stage of like- Trying to work out what we are. When you first start yeah. and you're like, you're doing not everything for everyone, yeah. but you're doing, you at least have 
a clear circle around what you're doing, which is audio and video. Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, the, the, the podcast um, agency, network, whatever it is, we started then uh, and that, that's when we had, you know, like Dylan Friends and Liz Cloggers had two sort of, um, you know, first shows um, and then, yeah, created, I think we've got probably about five or six now that we do, we've got 200 plus, we've got Bromley Lynch, a couple of young guys from um, from Ballarat and you know, they now live in Torquay, which is just the funniest, most beautiful kids. I say kids, they're 27, and I keep saying that each time. They're a year younger than me. I don't know why I say that. And um, 200 plus, which is another one I just mentioned then, which has been really funny funny to work with. So, yeah, just, just love what we're doing. And we also do brand podcasts for like other businesses and stuff as well. Do you think the core, when you look at like percentage of revenue, the core business is your own original content, or do you think it's more of the branded podcast now? Mm, it's interesting. I, I think at the moment it's probably like 50-50 really. Right, okay. Yeah, like we, um, we, yeah, I'd say it's 50-50. Like um, without, you know, having the uh, the spreadsheet in front of me, it's pretty, it's pretty similar and I think we want to keep it that way. Like we love doing that. I think what's really cool with podcasting and actually really hard is the fact like it looks so easy. It looks so. It looks so much easier. So everyone just thinks that they Jack can do it, of, which they yeah. definitely can. Like I'm not. If I can do it, you can do it. Like yeah. that's for sure. But it's a lot harder than it looks. You know, like sound, soundproofing, fucking, you know, all that stuff, which but is just. It's easy to do a podcast, but it's hard, extremely hard to do a good podcast. Well, exactly, and then it's like, how do you get that out? You know, what yeah. platform do you put it on? How the fuck do you get people to listen to it? Like, yeah. what social media? Like all those sort of things. So there's so many bits and pieces and. I think that's why we love working with like, um, you know, like say people that come in and start them and it ends up being a side project, but then they realize it really has to be like a full committed thing. And then, you know, other brands we work with when they have existing audience and they really respect that and they love it and they go, you guys do this, we'll do the rest. And it's just like, yeah, awesome. done. Mm. What do you think in the next 18 months to two years is going to be your, not your specialty, but... What what intrigues you most is do you think it's the original content? For me, I normally look ahead to like times of the year, like December this year or Jan or June next year, stuff like that. Yeah. So it's June next year-ish. Where do you want to be personally? It's a great question. Um, honestly, like I'm just wrapped with what we're doing at the moment and I just want to keep carrying on and, and continue to create cool content and help people create content as well. Um, but for me, I think like I'd be silly to say that I don't have goals. Like I'm very, I think maybe a little bit too much. Like I just, as soon as I get comfortable, like I just self-sabotage, start another, start something else. Like let's go. So I'm starting, um, obviously like the podcast, we want to keep like having like awesome podcast, um, network and build that out. Like we have a goal to have like eight shows by the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So it's a couple more we want to create. And, um, yeah, as I said, just absolutely loving that. And then on the side of that, I want to create like a new, another sort of um, business that will, you know, float into producer as well, which will, which will be serviced by producer, sorry, which is like, like a golf um, label and golf brand. Uh -huh. And that's um, something I'm really excited about. Again, same thing, start with the name, get the Instagram get the website, then come up with it all. So that's like golf apparel, but also like golf vlogs. And like I'm going over to London in um, July to go to the Open and do shoot content and stuff like that as well. So Golf's a really interesting area for me. I remember we caught up with a friend who just moved down from Sydney. He's a partner at a law firm and he's obsessed with golf. It's honestly, I think like every, like not every guy, but like a lot of guys go through a stage where you're fucking addicted to golf. Like yeah. I am borderline like addicted to golf at the moment and I've been for probably the last 12 months it is an incredible game it is so challenging I'm so shit but like you just <laughs> you get one bit of improvement then you go back seven steps and you go forward one and then you go back 20 and like it's just a game that you can never master so like I really enjoy the escapism of playing golf but then I was like if I love it so much you know people say don't make business out of your passions. I'm the opposite again. I don't really do that that well. I'm like, well, fuck, I've got to, got to do something cool with it. I love apparel, love clothing. So I was always like, well, I'd love to have my own apparel-like business, which would be cool, and I love playing golf, so let's see what we do can you, do. Do you think grow, uh, golf is a growing sport or do you think it's maintaining with just the general population? No, nah, it's been – like it's grown so much in the last 12 months. COVID was the best thing ever for golf because right. there was nothing else was – like you couldn't play any other sport besides go to golf courses, um, you know, on and off. And, 
you know, the insurgence of just like so many guys that, um, you know, guys and girls that couldn't play, you know, footy and netball and whatever they were doing and they just go to the golf course. The only thing you could do, um, it's been huge. So I'll tell you what, I would love to have a drum and sport about, you know, drum and golf, sorry, you know, 12 months ago before the pandemic because that business and like all golf businesses now are just absolutely killing it. Well, I know single-handedly I put 90% of my money back into them. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah, because th- this this lawyer, mate, he, um, he was like, you know, you should really get into like – you know, if you want to segue into managing sport talent as well, you should look at golf. Yeah, right. Because he's like, you know, there's a lot of people playing in the Victorian PGA or the New South Wales PGA that are just underrepresented. Yeah, mate, I could tell you a couple now. We'll talk after it. But it's it's a, it's a bloody tough game. If you're not in that, like, top 100, it's seriously hard to make a living off. Um, yeah. You know, because it's like prize money, really, and the rest is, like, sponsors that you need to get through. But th- that is the thing that intrigues me is like there's a lot of young talent there that do things that the majority of the population couldn't do if they were just more engaged on their social media. Yeah. They yeah. could really, really be raking it well, in. You would know this. I think there's a biggest area is not in like is not in like sport and people being good. It's just like showing your personality. Yeah. I was not the best footballer, <laughs> but like I was able to – just do this show that it was, and and, and the reason people listen to it because I was like, what the fuck? No one's ever done this before. Like, no, no one, no ever player had ever started a podcast. No one had even actually started a podcast. Yeah, it was really, the like first that day. podcast I remember hearing about. Everyone's like, oh yeah, the Dylan Buckley podcast. Have you seen it? I'm like, oh, that's interesting. No one even knew what a podcast. I had to tell people like what the app was. I was like, you know that purple app on your phone? <laughs> They're like, I deleted that. I was like, yeah, just download it again. You listen to it on that. That's how you do it. Yeah. So it was sort of like that that thing and. Basically, getting around to what I'm trying to say is, you look at players now like Bailey Smith, who I love. I don't love him what he does on the field. I love him because he's so he's good. A character. He's so good. I love his character. I love seeing what he loves to. I love his dress sense. I love seeing what he does off the yeah. field. And that's what a lot of people need to understand. It's like I don't. Businesses are turning on this, and they go with the best player. It's like I don't care what that player does. Like, give me someone who's got something. Like, I want to. I want to feel this. You know? Yeah. Like, there's people who've more people who follow things like 28 year old male. Than oh, individual yeah. players. Oh yeah, yeah. So like the just the the cheekiness that exists if if you have that in you as a person to exhibit that is is incredibly yeah, powerful. Man, just be yourself, you know. Um. Now speaking of sports media, mm-hmm. the thing about the cliches, the memes that exist mm-hmm. in whether it's AFL or sports media, I'm thinking about like how on Josh Gallup's podcast is like full quid boys, just a game of two halves. Yeah. Um. You know, things like taking it a game at a time, all yeah. those sort of cliches. What is the one that you despise the most about sports media in Australia? Oh. I'll be honest. Like, I don't, I'm not saying, I don't watch a lot of like mainstream footy media. Um, I just, I suppose, I hate this about our, just in general, like, I don't think I'm going to answer your question, but I think, I hope it, I am. Say, for example, a while ago, um, I think it was Luke Beveridge had a mustache. Okay. And yeah. he did, he was like losing and they were angry. And they were, he's like, oh, you know, is he taking it seriously? Look at him. He's got, he's a senior coach. He's got a handlebar mustache. What message does that send <laughs> to the AFL? Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what? <laughs> I was like, if they were winning and They've, they haven't lost the game, and he's rocking in this hand of our mustache. They go, what an incredible culture this is. Yeah. You know, how good is this by the senior coach? He's got a hand of our mustache. That's yeah. awesome. And the it's relaxed like relaxed culture that he's exhibiting. You can't, like, yeah. just take the story both ways, and I think yeah. that's something that just, like, annoys me about um, everything, like, not just AFL media, just everything we just do. Just media in general. Just media in general. It's that just, sort of um, McDonald's type of infotainment, like, it's Josh, just easy just like have an opinion, but are you actually thinking about what you're saying? Yeah. Like, okay, so who was it the other day? One of the Dacos brothers, his girlfriend's in Miss World Australia or some shit. Oh, yeah. was, did you listen to the episode? I, did, I didn't read, listen to it. But I, and he read out like the Daily Mail and published like this article. I don't know which Dacos it was, but ex-Dacos uh, couldn't see his girlfriend performing or at this competition. That was the headline. And like, and they're making it out like they'd broken up or something serious had happened. It's like, 
he was he was prior engaged with the game. Like, yeah, no I fucking know, shit. But you know what's sad, <laughs> and I don't know the stats on this. The reason the same people that complain about those articles are the same ones that probably click on them and read them. So like. <laughs> That the reason those articles get posted are not for like I'm sure there's science behind that people actually click on them. Yeah. So it's funny, like we we bag it, but like I know those ones probably read better than anything that's actually you know half serious. What do you wish the AFL media did differently? Like you would be doing it anyway. Like you're basically covering the things that like I, you, yeah. Josh, Caden, Kados, Kados, Kados. Sorry. Kaden, Kados. Um, it's always funny when, like, you try to work out what are people like preferred. That yeah, do you reckon he writes like on a fo- like government form, like Kaden, last name, preferred name, Kados? No, I don't think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'll ask him though. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'm intrigued. That do you think and like think about your pre the previous tenants that were in where you are now mm. in Richmond? What Tick is doing to the sort of new space? Do you think? Like I think that those sort of news organisations will take over your seven, nine, and ten in ten, twenty years from yeah. now. Do you think that your generation of media will push out a lot of things that exist on Fox Sports? Great question. I don't. Yeah, I, I really don't know what's going to happen. But like my opinion on this day, with zero thinking about what I'm going to say, is <laughs> that like we look at our TVs now, and I don't know about you. I don't even have my antenna plugged in. I turn yeah. it on, go straight to Google TV, look at Netflix, Stan, YouTube, all this stuff. Like I categorically have not watched a news, you know, seven news or anything for a long – and it's not because I'm anti-news or anything. I just, I just haven't yeah. haven't watched it. And I get a lot of my news from um, social media or Twitter or whatever it is. I think we're moving down such a social um, – media and, you know, digital platform society that I don't know the future of those things because I'm not really in that world at all. But I do know that digital media is is great. Like we look at these podcasts at the moment, like I love watching, um, listening to like the Squiz and those Spotify um, little uh, Your Drive daily oh, yeah, playlists yeah. and stuff. It's like, this is awesome. Cut. Like I'm learning about shit that's going on. You know, I get my little snap of news, what's happened, then I get some music. It's like listening to radio, but I'm doing it without all the ads, um, which is cool. So, yeah, I don't know if that answered your question, but I feel like, yeah, it's going to be a lot more of a a digital space. And the beauty and the reason I love podcasting the most and the reason why I love content production the most is there's no um, person sitting at the end of a table going, you can and you can't do this. That's the thing I love the most about this stuff because you can literally go and create your own content and you can succeed and you don't have anyone telling you you can or can't do yeah, it. Yeah, it's a pure meritocracy. Go for it. Yeah. Like you, you have a platform. You can create it. Go and do it. And I think that's like, to give context of that, there's so many times where, and I think in the even in the past, there'd be so many incredible creators out there that wanted to get on TV and do shows and people like, no, nah, we don't want you. And it's <laughs> like, well, who knows? Like, they could have been good, you know? And now everyone can fucking do it. Anyone. Yeah, I, I think the future for me, maybe I'm biased, the future of audio is Spotify and the future of video for me is YouTube. Like I just think about my own interaction. I, you're right. Two, three years. I don't think – I can't remember the last time I watched Free-to-Air unless I was at the in-laws. Yeah. And my mum loves my kitchen through. rules. She, you know, I don't <laughs> think that's going anywhere. But I was watching the other night on TV and it was like, um, you know, uh, like this, where they – what's it called? The Masked Singer or the Spin <laughs> – anyway, one of the, the singing shows. I was like – how many fucking singing shows can we can we have? have? Yeah, like, I was like, this is crazy. Like, the surely voice. we've got to like come... is the voice. Oh, I, I don't know what it was, but like they're great. But I was like, come on, let's let's do something different. Yeah, I've been. I was saying to Jacob when I was having lunch, I've gotten back into like Ramsey's Kitchen Nightmares. I just think like all the back oh, catalogs yeah. Yeah, are going to be on YouTube. Stuff's awesome. Yeah. yeah, he's the king of that. Like GR Enterprises or whatever the fuck it is. Like the amount of back catalog stuff on there. Like news. News, you get news clips, you can watch ABC News Live. I was watching the election just on fucking YouTube. Yeah. Just on the TV. Yeah. No, it's cool. Um, But you need an Apple TV if you want to have that ease of use. Yeah. What about (laughs) this? This shows you how I'm like a boomer, trust me, with technology, which is weird. But the other day, I was actually lied. I was on Friday. I was watching the footy. And I only realized like a couple months ago that when you're on 7 and 7 HD, like HD is actually a lot better like mm. i didn't know like how weird is it and there's probably a really normal answer to this but why don't they just make seven 
HD. HD. Yeah. I don't know. It'd there be would some be a reason to that. I'm sure maybe because if other people don't have a HD TV, but I don't know. It I was could just be like, that. It could also be like weird. the transmission, maybe. Like, do you remember when? There will definitely be an answer for that. I'm sure. That all I'm... the TVs, all the radio stations switched over to digital, so they're not. Um, there was something to do with the way that they were transmitted. Yeah. Um, do you know what I'd love to do one day? I'd love to buy a round of AFL. Okay. Like a, like a media rights round. Okay. And like. Have it on TV, but I'd buy like the rights to that round, okay? Okay. And only get like the best podcasters are all allowed to commentate it themselves. Yeah, right. And no one else. So that you'd have to be like a like a takeover of just like doing Fuck, it. Imagine. How I don't much know that cost. Oh, it'd be, I reckon it would be, yeah, be a lot. 10, 20 mil? It'd be a lot. And it probably wouldn't be worth it. But yeah. I'll do it anyway. Yeah. But I know what you mean. Like I just think YouTube's the future. I look at like... um. What guys I mean, like yeah. KSI. KSI, you know, the great, React stuff. like the, the React stuff, but like he's got other channels called like Sidemen, which is yeah. just like a him and his mates doing like gags around yeah, dating. It. Yeah, it's great. It's fucking hilarious. It's like I just – like 20 million views on one of these videos. I just don't know how mm. normal media competes with that. Do you know what is um, crazy? This will show you as well what's happening. Is um, Joe Rogan, obviously, we, we know who he is. He's doing quite well. He's got a podcast. You haven't heard of it. He has this UFC companion where when he's not commentating. Yeah, fight companion. Fight companion. Yeah, yeah. When he's not commentating, him and his mates sit down, they watch it, and you watch them watching the UFC. That gets more viewers than the UFC fight. <laughs> How crazy what is that? What the fuck? How weird is that? Really? That's awesome. Yeah. Does he still do that on YouTube or is it all Spotify? I don't know any, if he does it with this new Spotify thing, but like they've got, you know, I'm sure they've got some new streaming stuff coming, which we're you know, probably, I don't know if you can talk about, but it'd be cool. Yeah. Um, that is very, I, I got a feeling it would be, uh, it would, it would definitely, yeah, fuck man, it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking everyone's like tried to copy it now. Uh, Calabasas Fight Companion is like a new one. It's just yeah. basically Chris D'Elia oh, yeah. and Brennan Schaub. That's the, what are they called? Um, Fighter and the Kid. Yeah, Brian Callen as well. They've all just, uh, they've basically just stolen the concept. They're funny. Um, all right, let's finish off with some rapid fire questions. Yeah. You can pick them. Okay. Here's the that options. defeats the purpose of rapid fire, doesn't it? If I it can... does, but like, you know. Okay, actually, you know what? Let's do it. Come on. Uh, morning and evening routine. Love going for a walk in the morning. Um, every morning, go for a walk with my wife and dog. Love that. Good start. Evening? I, I, every night I just get into bed with the light still on and I watch YouTube like on my laptop. I, for some reason... And this shows how bad technology is these days. I can't if, I, if the TV's too far away, my phone's there. It, it like I'll just get on my phone and not watch. So I have to get on the laptop and literally put my phone away and just watch it. Jesus. I know it's not. It's not. Well. Are we talking like here? Yeah, I just have it like. Wow. Yeah. What time are you hopping in bed and doing? Um, that? probably like I always get into bed about eight thirty. Yeah. Right. Maybe nine nine o'clock. Fuck, I'm having dinner at eight thirty. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty pretty um. I love getting in bed. And so, how long will you sit watching YouTube? You reckon? I've been watching a lot of golf vlogs lately. I watch these guys called Good Good Golf, which is cool. Bit of Rick Shields too. Um, I reckon I try and go to bed before ten thirty. Okay, so yeah, um, like sleep. Sorry, that goes to my next question. What have you been watching lately? What have I been watching lately? Watch a really cool series. I'm a massive. Funnily enough, my my career that I used to want to do was like be a film critic and like go and watch movies because I just right. loved watching movies and films and TV shows. But I just watched Severance. Really enjoyed oh, that. Oh yeah, that is fucking. That elite. was really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, like for example, uh, I, I watch this. I, I hope people, if someone hasn't seen this, it's one of the most best series I've ever seen. It's on SBS on demand. It's called Zero Zero Zero. Fucking amazing! Like I don't know how that isn't. Well, how is it not? I, I don't know how that's not the most best series of all time. Like, I suggested it to someone the other day. It the way that they shot it, three is, different storylines. Like, yeah, what is it? It's the the um, Mexican cartel, the Italian mafia, and the, and the U.S. customs, and the yeah the the family that like transports yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Um, Yellowstone, one of the best things I've seen. I'd say Ozark, probably those three. Zero, 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 Ozark and Yellowstone, probably my top three of all time. Very similar taste. Yeah. I reckon uh, I fell out of Yellowstone because they were. Yeah, the last series like, was so bad. It just gets too far fetched for me. Yeah. Um, but I saw the other night where 
halfway through Stranger Things. Um, Ozark. The new season sucks. You reckon? I, I'm struggling to get into it. They're like 15, 16 now, so it's sort of like yeah. a bit it's, it's getting How slow. many times can an alien keep coming back? Yeah, I know. I know you mean. Um, but I don't know if you saw Ozark Part 2 of yeah. Season 4 oh, just yeah. came out. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen that. I've watched that in like First thing days. I said to Lauren, I was like, can we just watch that first? <laughs> that <laughs> She's was, like, no, I want to finish yeah. Stranger Things. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? Uh, I haven't seen part. The you haven't seen part two. Part two. I'm not yeah. ruining it for you, but I will say, like, you know, when you end a season, you go, "That was such a shit ending." I feel like this was such a good ending. Okay. As in, but like, this is the end of the show, right? Yeah, it's the end. Yeah, it finishes. Yeah. So, like, you will get. It's just I'm not gonna. Yeah, I won't say anymore. But it's also just like really well done, like just awesome. Okay, I'm very excited. Um, last one: food or drink of choice. God. Such a hard question. You've got to give me like a time of the day or something. Like, is it a dinner or? What's your go-to alcoholic beverage? Go-to alcoholic beverage. I'm a beer man. Okay. Yeah, beer man. Um, but love a margarita. Love a cocktail. Spicy mug or standard mug? Oh, God, don't tempt me, Jordan. Um, <laughs> depends on the mood, really, doesn't it? No, I love probably a normal mug. Love a amaretto sour. Yeah, love a Love. Cocktail. Yeah, love it all, really. Um, but I've been off the drink a bit lately. I've just been sort of trying to not be stupid. Um, but I'd say my drink of choice, if it wasn't alcohol, would be just like soda water. I'm not okay. just addicted to sparkling water. Love. You're right. It just makes me burp and like yeah, feel Yeah, so you don't have it before a podcast because you get really- um, Really burpy. Yeah, really chesty. Um, but meal, um, I would have to say pizza. Like just, I'm a vego, so I don't eat meat. Um, I eat fish, sorry, so I'm pescatarian. I don't like doing the label thing, but I suppose you have to when you're explaining what you yeah. do. I've been eating meat for ages. Um, my missus is a is a vegetarian, so we just yeah just went with her and like it been the best thing I ever did. Just didn't really enjoy eating meat to be honest. Um, yeah, I'm not a big uh, fan. Like I can't remember the last time I had like red meat. Mm. Um, but it's also like culturally when I look at both backgrounds, just don't really eat much. Like we prefer fish and yeah. chi- chicken and I stuff for that. Yeah. I love fish. Um, but yeah, so I don't eat a lot of meat, but I'd say, yeah, favorite things is like veggie, veggie part, like my, my pa- TikTok pasta. Have you ever had that? I, I can make that now. It's like the- Is that the cheese with tomato and- It's like pasta. You bake it. Yeah. And then you put like feta, um, cherry tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. And, and olive oil. And olive oil. It's yeah. just like, that's like my go-to. My, my wife is the really? best cook you've ever seen in your life. She cooks like the best veggie pastas, the best pizzas. Um, I love like sushi, love Japanese, love, like I love everything really. Yeah, I'd say Japanese is my favorite. Um, sushi? Or? I think just a var- varietal a Japanese. Yeah. yeah, like proper like. I'm going to Tokyo. End when? of the year. I'll okay. send you back something. I'll, uh, I've been like f- Prior to COVID, we'd been like four times in oh, two cool. years. I've never been. Can't it's wait. dude, you're gonna have the best fucking oh, I'm time. So excited. What's your itinerary? I don't have. I don't have any. Say Is it in just what we're doing to- Tokyo or? No, nah, we're actually going to New York. So for my my wife's thirtieth, I've got us like going to go to New York for Christmas and New Year's. Nice. And obviously, there's no direct way to New York. And I was like, oh, I've done LA heaps of times. I was like, I'd rather just like do something different. So we're going to go to Tokyo. Yeah. Canada. Actually, sorry, that was last week's plans. It's changing. We're going Tokyo, yeah, um, Austria, do a bit of skiing, okay. Then New- so it's like literally around the world trip, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then going to New York from there. And how long do you have in Tokyo? Uh, I think we do a week, a week in Tokyo. Okay. I Is would say oh, it's never enough. It's never enough. Ja- yeah. Jacob's a massive Japan fan as well. Yeah. Live there for a bit. Oh wow. Um, I want to stay in one of those, like I'm claustrophobic, but I want to stay in one of those, like, you know, those little um, pods. The, oh, yeah. 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 They're, they're comfortable. Can you hear but, people? Some, yeah. Some <laughs> but, they all, but also they will split you up from your wife, like so they've got male and female errors. What the fuck? So you may as well just get an apartment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, Jacob, he should stay around like your Yogi Shibuya area. would be great. Send me some tips. Yeah. We'll send, we'll send, I'll send you a list, dude. I've got a fucking list. Yeah. Lauren is going to froth as soon as we come out of here. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, Yogi's my favorite because it's right near the park. You can go down to Wacky Shibuya. You can go to Harajuku around the corner. You're next to a major train station, so you can go to like Shinjuku or the center or wherever else. Um, You've lost me, but I'm interested. Yeah. Gims is good. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like I'm biased towards Shibuya. So. No. Well, Shibuya's like being in South Yara. Okay. 
Where's, Sazio, where's, man. I'm where's getting... like the north side of Japan? I, like, I want the northern suburbs. Give me the Fitzroy and the north get type. That's that's me. Yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's definitely more like Osaka. Yeah, we'll do it around, but I, no, mate, so keen to get over there. I've, no, I've heard nothing but incredible things. Dylan, thank you for coming in. Mate, thank you. It's an honour. Where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh... DylanFriends.com on the website. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know if my website's going. No. Um, Producey.com. Yeah, Producey.com. We did get the .com and use that because <laughs> it cost me money. Um, Dylan Friends, Dylan Buckley. Dylan Instagram. Buckley on Instagram. Yeah. Are you on TikTok? I deleted the app because oh. I was just like getting, obsessed with it. Yeah, I just had to stop doing it. But I have an account. We post some podcasting clips. But yeah, like I, I, I'm like a boomer on TikTok. I, I don't. I just respect everyone on it that I like how they do their thing. It's unbelievable. But, yeah, it's very cool. Um, but, no, not really on it. Well, we'll make sure we link all of that. No, I appreciate it, mate. But um, thank you for coming mate, on the show. thanks for coming on. Congrats on everything you're doing as well, mate. It's uh, it's always good to meet people in the same industry and, and absolute hustlers and love what you're doing. So congrats and look forward to a lifelong friendship. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for checking out this episode. If you liked it, do subscribe and, of course, like it on YouTube if you're watching as well. We'd really appreciate that. For audio, if you've not already listening on your podcast app, you can search for it on any good app, including Spotify, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. For video, if you're not watching, you can search Uncommon Podcast on YouTube. It's the first one that appears every single time. For behind the scenes, do follow us on Instagram and TikTok. It's at uncommon underscore show. But until next time, thanks for tuning in.